is AP5, and you're listening to the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. If you know what's good for you. really trying to get him killed. Right. He was like, if you're, you're, you're going to go get Han Solo. He's on, he's on Tatooine right now. It's going to be super easy for you. And then it's Han Solo. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> so he goes in. He's like all monologuing, like, oh, yeah, I'm working with Jabba the Hutt now. I'm badass. <laughs> uh, well, there's Greedo <laughs> on the wall there. And uh, sorry about the mess. Like, yeah. you're telling me that literally is in a book. It's in the it's Tales in from Jabba's Palace. If you can find a copy of Tales from Jabba's Palace, yeah. he is literally meant to go die at the hand of Han Solo. Yeah, He's I love that. Idea. The most unsuccessful bounty hunter ever, and it's great. Well, you know what the funny thing is too. I know that uh, we haven't officially started this panel necessarily, but I think you bring up a really great, great question. And it's funny because you brought up the whole. Greedo stuff, and I was just thinking, thinking in my head, I'm like, didn't they kind of set that up for us between Tobias Beckett and Han Solo a little bit, that whole who shot first thing, and how Tobias kept running his mouth yep. and everything? Yep. That I mean, that's essentially how they answered it in Solo, was not by directly saying, hey, this is what's going to happen later, yeah. but it's like, oh, wow, okay. Well, this well, is how they, they kind of changed how sure. Greedo is viewed, because in the video game Battlefront 2, Mm-hmm. Rito's in there. Oh, sorry, Battlefront One. Yeah, Rito's like this super assassin to the whole team. Right, so, right. The, I mean, they, they did change it, and yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the OG canon for exactly the that OG reason. Canon. It's some of the uh, yeah the original canon, which thankfully some of it they are bringing back. Right. Um, did you just mansplain yeah. OG to me. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Did you just <laughs> use the term mansplain? <laughs> I don't accept your fan opinion. <laughs> And now we're going to steer away from that topic of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer Wayne from Woonsocket. Well, no, it is no longer Wayne from Woonsocket. It's the guy in the front row who won't stop front. talking. Yeah, who has one of our flyers and is definitely going to go subscribe. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's usually what happens. But, you know, some people go against the grain. I like it. They wait to subscribe. They see how the panel goes, and then... Yeah, they do. However, oh, okay. This, this I got somebody sold. James got somebody sold. a very heavily censored version of what we usually talk about. Yes. Given that there are children in the building. Because <laughs> it gets loud. It gets uh, obnoxious. I'm not drinking this time. <laughs> Wait, Although no, no, no. Seem... Don't tell the people it gets obnoxious yet. I was talking specifically about me. They can skip my part. Oh, that's true. Um, okay, that's fine. But there is a bar out on the concourse that I just found out about, so I was like, wow, I could have been drinking this entire day if I wanted to, and then also realized that's probably a terrible idea for it. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, yeah. I've had James on a podcast where he was... Essentially... Uh, the bottle of tequila started with about a quarter taken yeah. from the top, and it was almost empty by the end of the uh, show. Yep. And the theories just started getting wilder uh, and wilder. It just got, like... He took Expanded Universe and, like, like times it by five. Yeah. And it was like, okay, what if... Uh, Snoke was the puppet master. <laughs> hey, Dovahkiin, buddy, I like your shirt. You should come in and listen to us. Ramble. Yeah, we got some Hi. good stuff to talk about, I, I think. We'll make you, we'll let you make that. Also, go up on YouTube and look up Jonathan Young's version of the Dovahkiin theme song. It is absolutely yes. fantastic. It's the first, the only good cover of it that I've found since Lindsay Starling. I thought you were going to go into a different language. I was like, it's the only one that I ever listened to. It's the only one that I have ever approved of. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only one I ever care for. Right? Right? Whatever. <laughs> I can't keep the German going without making some kind of horrible comment, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I know, and you have somebody up here with the last name Vote, which is uh, it's going to make it interesting. But that is Danke. If I could just me. Awesome. Wow. 
408. We'll wait till our slotted time. Seven minutes. Seven minutes of counting. Hey guys, how y'all doing? So one of the things we like to do before we do a panel at a convention is kind of gauge the room about like where we are right now with Star Wars and how we feel about the new stuff and where are our fans are. Yeah, <laughs> offended, you know, stuff like that. No but, snowflakes. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, I mean, seriously, it's like, I like to get an idea, like, how many of you saw The Last Jedi? Wonderful. Keep your hands up if you enjoyed The Last Jedi. What okay. I, what if I did a force and then change my I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. How many of you have not seen Solo? Oh. It's okay. I understand. You guys can rectify that when you get home tonight. Um, you need to. <laughs> you need to. It was really good. It was really good. It should have been called Chewbacca. But <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. he is the main character. I don't care what anybody says, but it's, it's actually really great. I like the, the, the references they played in it. Um, exactly. To the other films. Yeah. And I watched it with my father, who also he enjoyed it, mm -hmm. he can't be that bad. And it had your first New England Star Wars character. That's true. Once you haven't taken a nail nap on the lap of a Wookiee, best night's sleep ever. Definitely from Massachusetts. Yeah, John Favreau. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds like he just came out of a right there, just hopped right on and shit, flew off. <laughs> <laughs> Might even go clamming that morning. Wow, yeah, Rio's clamming. Yeah, I, I, I disagree, though. I don't think it was a great I think every Star Wars fan should mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. But it, I think there's a it lot of It was the best out of the new movies uh, aside from Rogue One. Yeah. Aside yeah, from Rogue, Rogue One, is an exception. It definitely beat Last Jedi for me, and it definitely mm -hmm. beat Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. and you know how much more the growth up from be from now on? Yeah. Yeah, one can open. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when you, I mean, we've talked to some of the actors and actresses, I've talked to some of the people behind the scenes on Rogue One. It's, it's always fascinating when you go to talk to them. They, they said, oh, the media treated us like everything was wrong. Everything. You know, Michael Giacchino came in. He scored it. And it was like, oh, my God, Michael Giacchino. You know, he has no past with Star Wars music. He wrote probably one of the best Star Wars soundtracks. The more you listen to it, it's like, wow, this is such an homage to John Williams in so many different ways. I mean, he. The guy with the Bob Ross shirt. You should Bob Ross. Get your button here. Right? That's clouds. how we do it around here. Happy little trees. You got an awesome shirt. I think we embarrassed him. What are we, what is it? It's a Star Wars panel, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Wars, that's fun. If us yelling, hey, yo, Bob Ross, get your money, <laughs> tells you anything about how this is going to be, <laughs> well, then, he came to the right place. Yeah, definitely. But, that's how we got him in here. Kind of <laughs> I was looking for it anyway. Yeah. Oh, sounds good to me. Awesome. Yeah, no, but the thing about the Rogue One, it's like, you know, there was the media just looked at it and was like, "This is gonna be a complete mess." People went into the theater and were like, "Wow, this is truly one of the best." Dungeons, diners, dragons, drive-ins, and dives. Wow! Do not meddle in the affairs of dragons, for you are crunchy. In the case of the <laughs> that's the best laugh I've heard today. <laughs> right. And we rode in the car yesterday with Erin, which is like saying something. <laughs> hey, you're talking about me. No, talking because she's from Jersey. Talking is racist from Jersey. 
Oh my goodness gracious. It's okay, we are in the only state where people actually drive worse in your state. That's uh, true. New Hampshire's pretty rough. Five miles an hour in the left lane of the highway with a blank on, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. It's like it's like taking 95 and getting off on 101 every single day. And it's just... Can I make a point to you? I walk to music. Yeah, go for it. So if you had actually had uh, an intro of traditional Star Wars music right mm -hmm. off the bat, mm -hmm. I think you transition into the movie a hell of a lot better than Nick. Right. And I think that's right. where, that's where you set the tone. If they had set the tone a little different, right. you know, that's my two cents. I think I think that's something I'd like to touch on in the panel there. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that and come back to that. There. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good. It's great because we're going to be asking you guys like, hey, what kind of questions do you have? What kind of theories do you have? So we'll be breaking that down. I know we got some theories too. Oh yeah, we got. <laughs> it always makes things interesting. If I talk too much, just. If you talk too much, it's okay. I'll come over this table like you're like a spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really won't. I'm, I'm going to be 30 this year, and I'm kind of physically broken, so I'm not coming over any tables. I'll just kind of go, hey, and, and we'll be stop. Hey. <laughs> um, I, I would think you were a lot older than you were. Wow. Oh. Get out. <laughs> The one person that walks in here that I am most impressed with. Wait, I'm a said, lot older than I look, or I look a lot older than I am? You look older than you are, Jason. Wow. Yeah. I look older than I am. Yes. So you're saying I look like I'm in my like late 30s, early 40s? Not late 30s, but older than 30. Huh. Oh. That's not exactly an issue. I'm going to be 29 <laughs> on December 12th. Because you were born exactly 11 days after me. Good man. I like you. I should have played. Makes you feel better. I'm older than you are. I could tell. It's <laughs> <laughs> not from a maturity standpoint. Good start playing some theme music pretty soon. Guess the names and ages of podcasters. Actually, I think in this case it's going to be Choose Your Destiny. And then there's going to be a rumble in the middle of the room here. We're going to get a heads up for the music. So someone's put our ear. Oh, I'm not doing the music after your experience. Trust me. You guys in the front row, we let you non-perforated. Yeah, that's uh, oh, grand experiments. Sometimes take out some eardrums, but then you learn how to take out many eardrums in the process. So do improperly utilized Q-tips. That is such a good point. I am so glad you brought Q-tips up in the Star Wars panel. Yeah, yeah, that's like link anything to Star Wars. I mean, do Q-tips do Q-tips exist in the Star Wars universe? I would assume it's kind of like a sonic hair toothbrush, but you stick it in your ear. Right. You know, I mean, Jar Jar had to use all the time. Like, I'm sure right? if you go into the bathroom in the Millennium Falcon, there's some sort of Q-tip analog, but I'm not sure if it would be a Q-tip as we know it. I do think the guy that appears in the holiday special actually uh -huh. has something that can do. How fantastic. Given that I've never actually watched the holiday special because I don't see the point. What? Um, well, because it's a point of reference. I mean, it is a point of reference, but it's definitely not anywhere near canon. No. Um, it's entertaining. I mean, there, there's, there's a fancy music video out there called Christmas Tauntauns that is fairly epic. But, uh. Christmas Tauntauns. Yeah, man, it's Christmas. Oh, okay, no, 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 Right? Yeah, Christmas music in November. You want to do it? No, I'm not doing it. You know what? That's a sad thing, too. Is I was <laughs> I was going to Christmas tree shops in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and I walked in and they had no Christmas stuff out. That's because and they're I, smart. Well, yeah. but, but, but look at the name, Christmas tree shops. Okay, right. I walk in there, I'm like, yo, you you got a single Christmas tree in the store right now? 
Like, come on, folks. And they're like, oh, no, but we have Halloween trees. Halloween trees? Halloween trees? I mean, what have we got to at this point, America? <laughs> America, explain. America, explain. This is Kansas, but this is not our Kansas. It's funny how you mentioned it, because there was a radio show I listened to earlier mm -hmm. that said that commented on the Halloween tree. Mm. If you don't want to like take down your Christmas tree, uh -huh. you can pretty much leave it up all year and decorate it as the season goes. Yeah. So there's like Halloween. Christmas is December twenty fifth. You could do a Star Wars theme the entire year. You could do a Star Wars theme the entire year, but yeah. still, if your Christmas tree is up by January first, you're wrong. <laughs> I agree with you, but it was, it was just funny. Like, and that is that is yeah. that is my opinion, so which is correct. Which one? Where would Jar Jar be where? In which month? Uh, nowhere. I could find you. Oh, that's not fair. I could find you 12 better Star Wars characters right off the top of my head. Lisa, don't think that's fair. Yusa also never should have existed in the first place. Yusa, big doo doo now. Yusa, big doo doo now. Yusa, like it is. We're not friends anymore. Yusa, people are going to die. Yeah. Oh, big doo doo <laughs> it's always the biggest fish. Because I mean, there's a fish bigger than the biggest one we see in the movie. Yeah. I mean, Which there's this whole theory that Qui Gon taught Obi Wan and Jar Jar a lesson in that moment. Much like Ezra is able to summon the uh, pearls, that yeah. Qui Gon Jim was able to summon the bigger fish. Yeah. yeah. To teach a lesson. Which wouldn't surprise me. We should probably kick this thing off. Yeah, I know. It's, it, we're at that point where I think it's. 420. <laughs> oh, bro, no, that's literally what time is it? Seriously? Oh, then we have to start appropriate. Why are you trying to say it? I'm listening. Okay, it's only 418. Let's make this quick. Alright, um, Death Star or Star Killer Base? Which one would you take? Death Star or Star Killer Base? Which one do you take? Neither. Really? Neither. Which one do you take? Neither. No, but but then give me another option. Uh, I'm actually not going to take any of the super weapons that are in there. <gasps> there there's no point You're in having a super weapon. Because if you, no, I am. But listen, listen to me. I'm also a tactician. I have a military background. That is very if true. You have, if you have a, a super weapon, yes. you then also have to have the power to defend it. Sure. So if you have a Death Star, you need a, a series of a Star Destroyers and, and okay. paint ships and mm -hmm. fighter wings around it. So I'm going to take something smaller, like um, call it an Imperial Two Class Star Destroyer. And I think the largest ship that I would ever take would be the the uh, the Executor, um, or if you really want to take the Executor, um, <laughs> I don't like that term. because that ship in and of itself, I, I'd have the manpower mm. and everything's transported along with it. I wouldn't have to have all the additional ships and everything. Good point. And if somebody decides that they want to build a super weapon, if I've got the executor or whatever, then I've, I've right. definitely got enough you know, time to get there, nip that in the bud and jet out of there before it even happens. Yeah, yeah. okay. See, I, the, I think the most powerful super weapon, not just in the Star Wars universe, but also in our universe at this moment right now is called adulting. Um, I learned that one this past week uh, when a little thing called college payments started. Um, and I would say that is the ultimate super weapon is the federal loan services. Um, anyway, that's, any government officials in the room? Any government officials? Okay. How about alimony? 
<laughs> I'm actually with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Support is one of the greatest evils of our time. It's a necessary evil, though. Uh, you don't know about that. I have no uh, idea. I just know my federal loan service and how. Oh, I, I know about that one, too. But thankfully, oh. i got to get this thing called the Montgomery GI Bill. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they don't tell you, it only gives you 26 grand. And that's it. That's Woe is me. That's the name of this panel. Woe is me in America. Woe is me in America. <laughs> and Star Wars stuff. Yes. All right, I think it's appropriate time to kick off this panel. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. How has been your Rhode Island Comic Con experience, huh? Yeah. Yeah? Right on. Nice, last nice. day here. Yeah, that's right. Last day here. Uh, we're, we are the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. We're based out of the Seacoast, New Hampshire region. Um, we've existed for two years here, and um, one of the best things about doing a Star Wars podcast is, you know, not only are we able, I, you know, I met James Brown. He was uh, a Dunkin' Donuts drive through uh, guy, and I heard his voice, and I was like, you know what? This guy's got it, man. And look at where he is today, and yep. look at where the podcast is today. We're here at Rhode Island Comic Con uh, talking about Star Wars, and uh, within this two years, uh, two years period, it's been amazing. We've been able to talk to so many guests, actors, directors from Star Wars, and uh, along the way have made some great, great friendships, uh, including the folks here at uh, Altered Reality Entertainment. Um, which has been fantastic. So we, we're glad that you guys came to our panel today. You're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes it gets off the rails with our discussions, and I think you've already seen that at Andy's some point. Andy's looking directly at me when he says that. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, that's why we have our caffeine up here right now. But anyway, James, I think interesting conversation we had not that long ago, and James, you, you had told me that you were unsure about the character of Ray. So here's my thing. I love Listen, this Daisy is interesting. Ridley. I absolutely love Daisy Ridley. Uh -huh. And also, when I first brained this theory, I was extremely drunk. And I woke up the next oh. morning, and I was sober. And it still made sense. So mm -hmm. I decided to run with it. And we currently have two Star Wars movies. And like I said, I love Daisy Ridley. I love her. I love her, her acting career. I love her portrayal of Ray. Um, I think she's an extremely versatile actress. I dislike the character of Rey for a couple of different reasons. Tell the good people. Number one, we have yet another teenage nobody out of nowhere who inexplicably has miraculous super force powers. Mm -hmm. It's overplayed. Hmm. We also have, she's the only force for good left in the galaxy against this one force of evil. Mm -hmm. So if Kylo Ren marries Rey and they go off into the sunset and it's all Rey happy Rey. it's happy lovey, then you can't have another Star Wars series because there's no reason to because it's the happy ending for the series, which is completely pointless. There's also the fact that if he turns Rey to the dark side, it's campy, it's predictable, and that's like the worst thing they could possibly do. So my thought is, in this next movie, what I'd really like to see happen is Kylo Ren kill Rey. He falls in love with her, and then he has to choose between true love and the dark side of the Force, which is going to give him you know, all these crazy superpowers. He's going to do the one thing that Palpatine never actually truly managed to do, which is unify the galaxy under one flag and actually be that great Alexander the Great type military leader that we really have yet to see in a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. And we, we had this discussion the other day that what I would really like to see 
up and coming is, you know, Ray, Ray gets killed off, the First Order wins, everything's in shambles, everything sucks, you know, maybe they manage this one, like, last really great Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Battle of Helm's Deep scale, just epic fight. But the good guys lose. That sets you up for another trilogy. And maybe we have, you know, that Oscar-winning guy, what's his name, Adrian Brody, play an old <laughs> Kylo Ren, you know, and, and you, you come up on this on, on a planet, something along the lines of Dagobah or Naboo when the fog's lifting, and you just see this phalanx of those Praetorian guards standing there, and at the front there's Kylo Ren, he's got his helmet off because he ditched that stupid thing because his helmet is dumb, and you just see through the mist that iconic crossguard lightsaber just and that's where your new series starts. That's your teaser trailer for the entire new series. And seeing someone in that truly epic military role that Thrawn tried so hard for, that Vader tried so hard for, that the Jedi generals were slated to become in the Clone Wars, that they were portrayed to be by the propaganda machine, having somebody actually be that is something we haven't seen since the old Sith Empire. And I think that's where they need to take it. They need to take it to a really dark place if they're gonna bring it back into balance. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. Your theory does make sense. But would that not all, that would all depend now if that's actually what's written in the stories already. True, and that that is what, what I said. That that's why I said that's what I would like to see. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do, and I'm gonna go on a social media blackout for like six months before <laughs> this comes up because I hate spoilers. Yeah. Um which is why I'm so pissed off about that whole Mandalorian script thing. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, they need to do a witch hunt, man. We won't, we won't. We'll so, so, somebody stole the flashcard. Yeah, yeah, all that fun stuff. Um, so that's what I'd like to see in the new movies. But what they do with it, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they surprise me a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. So isn't one of the issues that a lot of us have is that they kind of rehash some of the stories. Uh, so like uh, they always right. use like Star Wars as a template and just, mm -hmm. okay, so... Are you talking about the fact that Force Awakens was a new hope with a bigger battle station? Absolutely. What I'm and about. that um, The Last Jedi was uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back with salt instead of snow? Yeah. Okay. So, by, by what far. you're saying, though, doesn't that bring us right back to we're out of balance and there's going to be a prophecy of somebody to bring us back into balance? Not necessarily. Um, the direction they've been taking, specifically with Rogue One, um, of throwing out a darker, grittier, it's not all black and white Star Wars universe, is a pattern that I'd hope they continue with for that. So maybe instead of having, you know, oh look, here's a new powerful Force user, now it's, oh look, the galaxy is now fully controlled by this crazy martial law super entity, doesn't matter if you're on the outer rim of the core worlds, because the Empire did a great job controlling the core worlds, That's but true. frankly, their power went to crap outside in the, uh, in the, in the outer rim. Um, but with them originating on the outer rim, they have the ability to connect the entire galaxy. The First Order has the ability to connect the entire galaxy. And I'd like to see them do that, because that is the biggest, baddest Star Wars that you will ever have. Kylo Ren does away with the rule of two. He's going to be the Sith Lord. He's going to be the, like, overlord. He's going to be the Exarchon Nagasada type. Oh, look. What's up, Guy Fox? How you doing, buddy? Um, Guy Fox doesn't speak. Um, 
But I think I have that whole, the overarching control of the galaxy and, and something we haven't seen since the days of the old Sith. And in order to combat something like that, it's going to have to be from within. So I don't think that we're going to see our external good guys anymore. I have no clue what they could possibly do to, to continue at that point. But it would at least set the stage for something bigger. Something bigger than these... And, and this is actually one of the things that I really like, is that we don't really have a scope in any of the movies of how truly massive the Star Wars universe mm -hmm. is. And we have the ability to portray that now. Like, the, the Battle of Coruscant in, uh, in Revenge of the Sith was the first time we really got a sense of how large it was. And then with, uh, with the Clone Wars TV series, you really got to see how massive the Clone Wars were. You never get a scope of the galaxy in the movies. And they have ability to do, they have the ability to do a Doctor Who-esque, like, this is the universe, enjoy it type thing, where you could set off any number of different stories in any number of directions and not just have that one kind of helical plot twisting around a central, central core. Instead of focusing on the good versus the bad, focus on life in the galaxy, focus on what it's like for the people to live under that rule, knowing that the good has failed and knowing that the evil has taken the galaxy away. Kind of what we got in Rebels. Just kind of what we got in Rebels. Good point. Like that, but more of like a darker, more desperate struggle type thing. I agree. I like your vision. Would you say that's kind of maybe what they've been doing with such as like video game platforms with certain uh, titles? Star Wars video games irritate mm -hmm. the hell out of me. Well, I mean, the storylines <laughs> even in them. Kind of, for example, Battlefront, it kind of gives you an inside look on some of the, what was going on within, like, some of the, um... So I have not played either Battlefront 1 or 2, the new ones have been yet, for a number of different reasons, not the least of which being I absolutely despise online gaming, and I failed to see the point of spending money on something I was just going to have to spend more money on down the road. Yeah. Like EA once just made a whole Reddit comment defending that practice, and it mm. was the most downloaded comment in Reddit history. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, yeah. That was like negative sixty two on Reddit. And you did a question in the back. Did you guys? No. Oh, no, they're just laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to do. No, I'm just more interested in the story aspect. Yeah. The story aspect was fantastic. No, no, I was gonna say the. I, I do recommend in Battlefront Two the story mode. There is just the beginning. They have Luke right. Skywalker in it. Yeah, their portrayal of Luke is just so true to the character. It's like way better. Than yeah, I have heard that. And honestly, the only thing that uh, that EA's done lately that I really liked was the uh, the what was it, the Star Wars uh, Galaxy of Heroes mobile game. That was great. Mm -hmm. um, it is great. I actually have on my phone. Now. My character wasn't maxed out. So, um, <laughs> but. Uh, I haven't bought Battlefront 1 or 2 yet, which is actually, A, sad because I do the gaming show on the podcast. And oh, table hangouts. Table hangouts. Check it out. It's an infrequent thing. It's whatever we can get together. And we're starting to run out of material, so it's going to start covering some other <laughs> stuff, too. Because <laughs> right. there is a very limited pool of Star Wars games, in case you haven't uh, noticed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and one of the things that we discuss a lot is that one of the things we really like to see is a kind of an open-world, expansive, um, really in-depth Star Wars game, which really we haven't gotten since Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Um, something that incorporates uh, character customization, uh, an open world gameplay, um, different quest lines you can go down, but isn't an MMO like the Old Republic game, which 
was great, but it's knockoff of Galaxies, and Galaxies was fantastic until they broke it with Jedi. And now if you do it with all Jedi, <laughs> it's just a broken game in yes. general. And it's, it's along the lines, lines of like ESO, where it's just not my bag. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And it's, it's interesting because kind of going back to your uh, Ray theory and how you feel she should almost uh, evacuate the Star Wars universe is what, is what I will say. And die was, I, was the term. Yeah, die, die. But I, I'm just, because I, I, I personally really enjoy the character of Ray. I think um, she's been probably one of the biggest marketing pieces for Lucasfilm in terms of getting the next generation into the theaters. That, that, that's essentially what the character building has been built for. Uh, I look at a lot of things in, in the business sense and um, from Lucasfilm's point of view, how they've been able to market these Star Wars films up to this point, all they care about is getting the butts in the seats and making sure that their product is making the money back. And that was the thing with Solo. All the reports said, well, it was a complete failure. Well, guess what? Lucasfilm made back their $4.3 billion at the conclusion of The Last Jedi. So Han Solo was everything but profit and they scored five million above what the actual slated cost of the film was. That's five million dollars back into the bank that they can put into episode nine. So in that sense, media has to kind of skew away from criticizing the films to actually kind of looking at it from a business point of view. And we'll get to that point somewhere here, but it's not gonna happen right away. Now, away from the business sense and into the core idea of what you have, and I proposed this last time, and I even talked to, um, I believe it was Ken Napsok, who you can find on YouTube on Collider Jedi Council, uh, frequent guest of the podcast, and always a lot of fun. Um, I was talking to him about, thank you, uh, talking to him about the direction of episode nine. And Ken is one of those guys that just really breaks down his theories and really takes an in-depth look and what's going on in the Star Wars universe. And my theory to him was essentially this. Kylo Ren wants nothing to do with the First Order. Nothing. Hux is at the lead in that. Essentially what you're looking at is the same kind of struggle that you saw between Krennic and, uh, and Tarkin, essentially. Is what direction are we going into? Tarkin is answering to the Emperor. Krennic is answering to himself. Kylo Ren is answering to himself while Hux looks at it like his father did which is the whole concept of the First Order carries the legacy of the Emperor, and that's the direction we need to go. And the way that I see Episode Nine kicking off is that the First Order has split into two. And Kylo Ren leads the Ren Empire, which is led by the Praetorian Guards and the Acolytes of the Beyond, which we saw from Empire's End. The Ren Empire. What's that? The Ren Empire. Yeah, the Ren Empire, you could say. And the First Order split off with Hawks. And he's trying to deal with getting all of his comrades back together to say, you know what, there's still a piece of the resistance out there that we need to eliminate and completely take off the board. Well, Kylo Ren's going to stand in his way because he wants to eliminate both of them. He wants to get rid of them all for his Ren Empire. And I'm going to make a bold prediction right now for Star Wars Episode Nine. Don't, grain of salt, like I always say on our podcast, grain of salt. But I think that the big major battle like we saw in Return of the Jedi they're going to have to have something Endor-like in this because you have to please both sides of the fandom, the new fans and the fans that remember going to the theater to see Return of the Jedi. So you need to have those balances there. What I see is all three of them go back to Jakku because John Boyega says, says it consistently and Han says it in The Force Awakens. Why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? That's the reason they want to go back is because Jakku is 
the, the, the barren land in which the emperor told everybody, this is where you need to go if, the, if everything is to end. So Hux, what is he naturally going to do? He's going to bring the First Order there. Ren is going to bring his empire there. And you're going to see this new form of the resistance. You're going to have a three-way battle on Jakku. I think you have to do something grand along that spectrum. That would be very, very epic, because especially if, like, say, you know, in strategic sense, yeah. that the resistance kind of stems off, lets the other two wear each other down, yeah. and then pounce on whatever's left. Right, and that's essentially what we see in the early stages of the Empire as well, is, okay, we're going to take every strategic advance now that the Chancellor and now Emperor Palpatine and Masameda have allowed for this transition into the Empire, the ridding of the Jedi. Vader's going out and he's trying to destroy any living Jedi that still exists. Essentially, Hux is along the lines of, you know what, we gotta build it up from where we were. We gotta, you know, take that same approach. We just gotta keep building it up and literally going guerrilla style on every single planet. No holes on anything. We're just gonna take planets when we can. And Ren is gonna have that same mindset of let's look back into history i totally think with their the way that they're playing up vader's castle i would not be surprised if we don't see ren for a quick second maybe it intros with it oh i just got an idea <laughs> star wars episode nine you pan out right you get your crawl you immediately go down to mustafar and it's ren sitting in a throne looking at all the relics that vader had created and then you get that cute music and then you cue right back to where the, resi the resistance is that's what I would think. I still think that for the opening scene for episode, sorry, episode nine, you're gonna get Octo, right? You got the twin sons. And you know that uh, that Sith lightsaber crystal, the red lightsaber crystal Luke had around his neck? Mm -hmm. Because Kylo Ren's not gonna send anybody to do stuff for him, he's gonna do his damn self. Yeah, he's gonna go and he's gonna go to Octo itself because he knows that's where Luke was now. He's gonna find his robes, you're gonna see him reach in, pull the crystal out, he's gonna hold it up in the sky. There's gonna be one sun and the <laughs> other sun, and oh, in between, man. he's gonna hold that crystal up. And you're gonna see the light shine through the crystal, man. and the screen's gonna go white, and then it's gonna cut to wherever Ray is. Oh. And whatever the resistance or whatever's left of them. Because this resistance yeah. that we have now, they are so much worse off than the rebellion was. Like, oh my god, they have to beg, <laughs> borrow, steal everything now. They have zero ships except the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon is all they have left at the end of that movie. Well, no, 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 that's not true. That was actually answered in the Poe Dameron comic more recently. That Snap Wexley and the rest of them were off during the Battle of Kray. So they do have a small... So they have the Millennium Falcon and a couple of X-Wings. Yeah. Whatever. They have, they, have, they have part of Black Squadron still left. Right. So, but it's still not anything compared to what the First Order oh, is. Like, oh, God. They go into battle against the First Order they're wiped out in the first two seconds. Most likely. You know, 0.5 past light notwithstanding. Oh, those Resistance um, Bombers did a wonderful job. Yeah, they, they have five seconds. I mean, they, they... But that was also because that was all that they had. But <laughs> right. at that point, like, they don't have anything. They're like the... I don't know... Star Wars equivalent of I really can't think of anything that's not horribly offensive to say there, so I'm not going to. The issue that I have with that is one of the first things that Hux and, and Ren, both of them, are gonna do mm -hmm. is anywhere that the resistance can potentially acquire ships, they're gonna shut down. 
Kento Bite, they're going to shut that down because you saw the kid there. That kid's sports sensitive. You think they're going to be looking for that? They're like, oh, that kid's going to show up in the next movie. No, he ain't. He's dead. Um, you don't think Brew Boy still exists? Absolutely not. Oh, he's no, he's, he's dead, right? He's dead, right? That's, that's the, the opening movie. scene. Like, I think we have to go show show right back to that scene. <laughs> right, that's yeah. going to be the opening scene. The execution of Brew Boy. No, uh, no, no. He said it. Brew I Boy really, is, I really oh, don't think they're going to go quite shit with oh, list on it, but it's okay. Thank you. Wow. You just made that reference about Brew Boy. I think you read too much into that. No, I did not. Skywalker. Did he ever tell Kylo Ren that? Apparently not. No. Probably not. Because Kylo Ren is still laboring under the assumption that Vader was this big, bad dude. And I'm my assumption would be that Luke somehow thought that it wasn't a good idea to teach that particular bit of history at the Jedi Academy, which may have been his first mistake. Um, because now Kylo Ren hero worships this this dark lord figure that was Vader. He doesn't hero worship the man who went completely over the dark side and then came back. It, it doesn't, it didn't happen like that. And the other thing that we need to think about is Vader was brainwashed. Vader was not yes. actually evil. Vader thought that he was doing good. Right. Vader was told by Palpatine and manipulated by Palpatine that this was the way that things needed to be done. The Jedi were evil. The no Jedi, right. That the only way to move forward was to unify the galaxy and get rid of the Jedi. Like, so the only way to say Padme, because I'm going back to work, the only way to say Batman. That would have been great. Christian Bale is Batman. One second. Kylo Ren is actually evil. Um, the guy's yes. kind of a jerk. Um, and that's why I think he's going to work out so well as a bad guy, because he's not hes not worshipping, the hero worshipping the, the Dark Lord turned savior Vader. He's worshipping the Dark Lord, Darth Vader. He's not worshipping Anakin Skywalker. The only thing hmm. I'll say to that is, it wasn't Vader that was brainwashed, it was Anakin that was brainwashed. And then when Anakin... Got suppressed, it became Vader. So I really Anakin think, begat Vader. But I think what we have now is you have Anakin, who now is a force ghost, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like we may still have a Vader Sith Lord entity that we have. So you think it's like a split personality? There's yeah. two force ghosts? Well, you I don't know the, if we um, have Sith Force Do you think ghosts? the force elementals are going to play into that, sir? Vader. Vader and Anakin are both the same person, but 
just a different personality change. He took it just there was a name yeah. that was given to him as That's soon right. as he was dealing with the emperor of Poland again. Mm-hmm. That's and right. He walked through the emperor and walked through that identity which was imposed upon him. Right. That's when you get that rise old figure thing, and that was, you know. That was kind of the moment where Anakin every went around movie, the backside. Every movie, every novel, every interview with Lucas said that. Yep. And it's kind of like that toy from the 80s, the guy who had the two faces inside that weird helmet, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know exactly. Yeah, I can't remember his name. When he pushed the top of his head, and his face spun around, so it's like a mean face and a happy face. And that's kind of what was going on inside Anakin there. And um, I don't think that he was ever fully gone, no, but he definitely had that personality split. Which uh, modern Freudian psychologists would probably have a field day with. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. That actually is. Also, I think you can say that Ren wants power for himself. For Whereas, him. like, exactly. Anakin was going after, well, we need, like, central command. Everything has to be, let's neaten this all out, even if it means murder. You were seeking power for the Emperor. Yeah. Whereas yes. Ren seems to be for himself. And maybe to fill this sort of need of feeling inadequate, but mm-hmm. absolutely. So, and now without any master, he's his own. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a really good point, and I think that that's probably the direction that J.J. Abrams wants to take with Episode Nine. I, to be honest with you, I think when we look back at the Disney deal and we look back at exactly what George Lucas had signed off to Disney. And he said it on countless occasions, you know, I always wanted Disney to be the company to take on Star Wars. One of the big three. He had Fox at the time, and Fox picked it up, and it was like, all right, let's see where this goes. And ended up being that gigantic entity at that time. And I feel like, and this is funny, because we see George Lucas behind the scenes at The Mandalorian, talking with Dave Filoni, and talking with John Favreau. And he was, on, he was behind the scenes during Solo, um, and I have this wild theory out there that when he signed and handed the, uh, his agreements over to Disney, he said, well, guess what? For however billion you're buying this company for, you have one, two, three, you have to finish up the trilogy that I was originally going to do with the sequels. And then I want you to take on three standalone films. I will not sign this and agree to it unless you agree to these terms. We know that George Lucas wanted a Han Solo standalone. That was something that was already in his book. He already had script written for it. And he didn't necessarily want Harrison Ford to come back. He was asking Harrison Ford, literally two years before he signed the deal, who would you want to play Han if I ended up doing this story? Which is absolutely mind-blowing when you think about what ended up transpiring in 2012. Then you look and you say, okay, Rogue One was a brainchild with Gareth Edwards because Gareth Edwards was good friends with Steven Spielberg. And you know how tight-knit Star Wars is with Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, Gareth Edwards. There's, there's a consistent pattern. Same can be said for Ryan Johnson. So you had Solo, you had Rogue One, and it's funny. Now that I look back at it with my theory, he did want a Boba Fett film. He wanted something with those bounty hunters during the time of Empire Strikes Back. But Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger took the step in, alongside Lucasfilm and said, nah, you know what, let's scale this back, George. TV streaming is the big thing right now. I think it's smart if we kind of push that off to the side and we focus on this single Mandalorian for a television series. We gave you these two standalones, 
that we really feel hit the mark. Let's try this. And for George to be behind the scenes right now, and then suddenly the flash drive goes missing. Yeah, you can just picture George being like, I wouldn't have lost it. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but it, it's it's fascinating. And I, I, what, what I'm confused about going forward here with Star Wars is how much more can they start pulling from these standalone films? Because Rogue One like set the standard for the standalone films, these Star Wars stories. Han Solo was a step back from Rogue One. So how are they going to be able to take the formula for Rogue One that Gareth Edwards was able to establish and turn that into something else? Something that they can say, you know what? This is gonna be better than Rogue One in many different ways. That's what we have yet to see. And what has me excited for post Mandalorian, Ryan Johnson trilogy, and Benny Weiss writing some Star Wars. That's where I think it's gonna come. It was a bit weird. I mean, you get the guys from Game of Thrones, it's gotta be good, in my mind. I would like to see them do a Knights of the Old Republic TV series. I wanna Agreed. see Revan on the screen. I wanna see Malak on the screen. I wanna see Nihilus on the screen. I wanna see Treya on the screen. I wanna see all these stupid, ridiculously powerful characters from history, from Star Wars history, be on the screen. Like, they had their games in the moment to shine, and they have all their literature, they have their backstories. Their characters, they're not gonna have to develop at all, but their right. characters are gonna have, and, and here's the other thing that I've always said is, Star Wars has always been a melting pot of new talent, of new actors, new actresses, Absolutely. and everything else that may not be the best way for them to go anymore. I think that they yeah. should grab established actors, put them into the main roles in these films. I mentioned it before, Adrian Brody as an older Kylo Ren, I think would be absolutely fantastic. I'd even say, you know, Christian Bale or something like that, and that role would be fantastic. Someone who could lend that depth of character right off the bat. And then the other, the supporting roles, your your Han Solos, your, uh, your Chewbacca's, your, uh, Jar Jar Binks's, any of the characters who play an important role in the movies, uh, so whether we wanted them to or not, and uh, all of them be portrayed by the by these newer supporting actors, mm -hmm. they can establish their careers. Lucasfilm can get that solidarity of having those big name actors there, right. and those people who maybe not a maybe not a fan of Star Wars, but a fan of the actor are now dipping their toes into a new franchise they haven't they haven't seen before because they have those actors in the movies. Right. And that also enables you to jump off, spin off on having th this grandiose backstory to the universe. It's been decanonized so they can rewrite the entire thing mm -hmm. yeah. in whatever image they want. Well, there is something I've noticed. It seems that of all the new movies, except for The Force Awakens, they do both use established actors. For the supporting roles. Yeah, because like in the main, like Rogue One, you get Felicity Jones, you get Alan Tudor, you get Donnie Yen, you get those are all established. For the supporting roles. Yeah, no, but you're, Jones, you're the main role. What's that? No, in Rogue One, Felicity Jones, those be main. No, role. she did get the main role, and I like the fact that they did that. It's a winning formula when you do it that. Way. It is a winning formula when you do it that way. It's the best Star Wars movie to come out since Empire, and I'm I'm not I'm not saying that lightly. It's 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 it beat out Jedi for me, which is saying something. Well, I'll be honest, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Period. Wow. Blasphemy. But I accept your opinion. I will say, up until that movie came out, Return of the Jedi had undisputed best final battle of Star Wars movie, that's Scarif Happens. Absolutely. Battle of Scarif was absolutely one of my favorite Star Wars scenes ever. 
And I think if they take that formula and put the established actors in, in the main roles, then absolutely you're going to have to see this fantastic group of movies that's going to be coming out. And I'm not saying that to down Adam Driver. I'm not saying that to down Daisy Ridley. I'm not saying that to down Kelly Marie Tran or Jason Boyega or any of them. John Boyega. John Boyega, Jason Boyega. I'm terrible with names and you know this. Half the time when <laughs> I you just say, like, saying, like you said Felicity it. Jones like six times and I was like, who is that? <laughs> Who'd she play? <laughs> right, okay, yeah, generous. Uh, anyway, but then, and, and I mean, of course, you have Forrest Whitaker in there. Right. But it, you go on from there and you have, you have these established actors doing these roles and, and Rogue One really set that stage. Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, Kelly Murray Tran, John Boyega, did all these did a great job with their roles and, and did a fantastic fantastic thing with it. But after this trilogy, maybe we should try doing the doing the Rogue One flop there. Yeah, I I think you That sounds I, like a dance move, Rogue One flop. The Rogue One flop. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's gonna be the back and everybody falls over and goes to sleep. Yeah. I think one of the things kind of piggybacking off of the idea of bringing on established actors and actresses into Star Wars, well, Episode nine just casted Matt Smith. You know, they're starting to cast people here and there. Richard E. Grant, very well-known Shakespearean actor, has now jumped on to Star Wars Episode nine, and I'm sure they're not done with it yet. You know, J.J. Abrams, I know that filming is gonna start wrapping up probably the end of December. They're gonna be looking at the filming score, and they're gonna be looking at some of the cuts they're gonna have to make. <clears throat> and it's interesting because I feel like we haven't gotten a final, because I, I, I'm an IMDb guy. I like to look on there and say, okay, who are the people associated with the film? That's why people won't watch movies with me anymore. <laughs> Good to know. Um, but when you start looking down the list of the actors and actresses, you, you know, they only have the essentials that we've heard so far. You know, Richard E. Grant, Matt Smith, but no roles associated with it. It's funny because J.J. Abrams is the master at leaving us on a cliffhanger. So if we go into episode nine thinking we're gonna get answers, you're wrong. We're not gonna get any answers in episode nine. Because we'll get answers, but we'll get more questions. Right, and something that was brought to my attention was that J.J. <clears throat> Abrams has never been given the role of a director and producer to end a franchise. He's always been given the role to lead a franchise, coming back out of, this, of what I like to call the movie siesta. And... <laughs> Thank you, James. You're welcome. Um, I think that J.J. Abrams is going to leave a lot of questions out in the open. And I would not be surprised if he turns the idea of, okay, let's bring on Matt Smith and put him in a Stormtrooper outfit. <laughs> and he doesn't get anything, but it's the celebrity credit. And that's what they did with Gwendolyn Christie. Right, essentially. Essentially, that's what they did with Gwendolyn Christie in that sense. Is they I'm so Phasma. mad they didn't do more with Phasma. Yeah, I mean, Delia S. Dawson's novel did some really great things with the character of Phasma. Oh, yeah. And you turn that into the comic books and what they do in the Phasma series, it did give some more backstory to that character, which I feel not everybody reads the comics, not everybody reads the books. So you have to tuck that, that fine line of how are we going to give the canon content to the people. And I feel like a character, like if they're going to bring on Matt Smith, he has won multiple awards. Um, Matt Smith was recently, um, he was in The Crown, correct, if I'm not mistaken. I know him as the yeah. Doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, and Doctor Who and everything. So this is a guy who has some experience, not just, um, again, a very well-versed Shakespearean actor himself. Um, 
has some history. And I feel like if they're going to put him in episode nine, JJ's gonna say, well, you might be a reoccurring character. Stick around for episode 10 in the next three to four years. Because you're gonna age yourself a little bit and we're gonna see you come back into the picture. Maybe gonna say no to Disney Mike. Well, that's just it. That's just it. Okay, so we're gonna bring you in here, but guess what? You're gonna be a uh, recurring character when we uh, see you play forward. And again, Matt Smith is somebody amongst many Whovians. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan myself. You tell me you're gonna put the 11th Doctor in Star Wars and he's gonna be a reoccurring character in this universe. I'm like, you got me in the seats. You got no issue. I got no issue with that whatsoever. So again, it's another way to get butts in the seats. And you're right, they have to start pulling from that. I mean, I always love SNL doing the Kylo Ren with Antonio Banderas, which I thought was pretty good. Kylo Ren, man. The, the undercover boss of, uh, of uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kylo Ren, under, undercover boss. Um, Not the radar technician. What's the, God, Starkiller Base, yes. Undercover yes. boss Starkiller Base is probably the funniest thing I've seen since cracks.com did the white Ewoks are the most terrifying thing in the Star Wars video. Which if you haven't seen and you're not convinced that yeah. Ewoks are actually the scariest thing in Star Wars, yeah, you scary. need to watch it because you'll have nightmares for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there was something like that when, when the last reference was the old canon. Yeah. Yeah, like the, yeah. It was the uh, it was the essential guide to alien species. Yeah, there was a warfare. Uh, there was the a warfare as well, but alien species like touched on the fact that Ewoks are devious little bastards. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like this thing that's written from a Stormtrooper's viewpoint, he said, I, I saw my friend and picked and the dying, but their lungs were paralyzed or something like that. Right. It's, it's, if you go into the books, it's like, all right, so, and this is recapping what crack.com says. Um, what a great name for a website. Right. <laughs> Cracked, not crack. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I read into that line wrong. But they had they had the uh, the point that they're not the first humans to come to Andor. The initial response of the Ewoks is to capture them and then consume them. Um, there's a dress that Princess Leia was wearing. Do you think that Ewok tailors made her a dress? No, that's the dress of a dead chick. It's the last people that come on the planet that they then ate and consumed. They got not not even going with those like weird little shark eyes and those creepy baby teeth. Um, they have the innate ability that you don't see anywhere else in Star Wars. That one Ewok jumps up on a speeder bike, right? Yeah. Flips the exact combination of switches and then takes off. Who else has that innate genetic it's understanding? True. And then we're going to get finally to the point, notwithstanding that neurotoxin they tip their arrows with, that <laughs> yes, paralyzes your lungs and causes you to die. The fact that there's one particular Ewok. Um, who, who's, you know, the black and white striped one who's wearing that skull of something objectively yes. more terrifying yes. than he is on top of his head as a hat, um, which means that he hunted and ate that prior to wearing its yeah. head as a hat. Ewoks are scary. I don't care what anybody says. They, they terrify the hell out of me. Nothing is scarier than an open fire and somebody going <laughs> Every time I see that, it's funny, I talked to Jim Roberts on the network about it. that was on the floor? I've seen like several Ewoks and all of them scared me, so I stayed away. They're like clowns for me. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I back off and go in the opposite direction. Haunted houses with man-eating Ewoks. Oh God, it's not, it's like, you wouldn't even have to add man-eating on there, just haunted houses with Ewoks. The Ewok <laughs> The ultimate Endor experience. The ultimate Endor experience. Right. It is. It is implied and historically happens. 
So <laughs> I mean, they're like, "Ooh, people, food!" So, oh my goodness. So we're probably get, getting to the uh, end of the panel time here. So I, I want to open up the floor to anybody. If you have any theories, any questions uh, concerning Star Wars, um, any any final thoughts that you'd like us to discuss here? Because again, this is about you, the fans. Yeah, go right ahead. I know there's a tendency towards having open endings on everything. Everything's being serialized. Mm -hmm. Start, let's, let's look at Star Trek The Next Generation. The first season, yeah. every story was overwhelmingly encapsulated. Mm -hmm. But by the time Enterprise came out, it was all one long story spread out over three seasons. Good luck. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? The 2018 Comic-Con is over. I need everybody to exit the building as oh. soon as possible. Right. Repeat. May I have your attention, please? We have to exit the building as soon as possible. Oh. Thank you. So in that case, there's one thing we like to do at the end of every single show, episode, podcast, panel that we do, and it's wonderfully called, Robin, what's it called? It's called Plug Time. Where can the wonderful people find you on social media, Robin? So you guys can follow me. Also, I have flyers up here and handouts, so if you guys want to subscribe to us uh, on iTunes and everything else, we got brand new episodes up. Uh, you guys can follow me over on Twitter, at MrVoteTweets. Please make sure to head on over to Instagram, follow me at the official vote. You can check out the podcast at www.brickcityblockade.com. Great articles. You can pick up some of our t-shirts. I just recently posted one. It actually had Texas Diner on it. It was like, you want a cup of chawa juice? Uh, so you can pick up one of those over on our Tee Public site. And uh, make sure to go to our Starlight Children's Foundation. We work directly with them. They do the Force for Change project with Star Wars. We have our Galaxy of Hope program. So bring smiles to kids' faces who are going through a rough time or have to go to the hospital and uh, get some routine checkups done. And, you know, it's, it's just something to help alleviate the stresses. You know, routine, yeah. like chemo, dialysis, Correct. Like that. So we're raising money for them. We've raised over $1,000 since our last event. We're hoping to raise $5,000 because that will bring a unit into a room for a child in need. So we're not going to ask you for money, but if you no. feel like going over and you feel like being generous, $1, $5, $10, $0.10, $0.10, whatever you feel like doing, yeah. it all adds up. Yep, exactly. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming out to our panel. It's been awesome talking with you guys. And hey, we'll see you next time around, all right? May the force be with you always. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. See, that wasn't so bad. If you must listen to a podcast, it may as well be Brick City Blockade. May the force be with you always.